Hello and welcome. This is a great moment for us to be able to, and a huge privilege for us to be able to talk to the incredible Mr. Terry Virgo. Come on. And uh, it's a huge privilege. If you do not know Terry and Wendy Virgo, where have you been? But they are <laughs> an incredible couple, an apostolic couple who have just had um, the fruit of a ministry uh, just as, is an international one where they were leaders of the New Frontiers um, denomination or church planting network for many years, which planted over 1,500 churches, authors of multiple books. Terry and Wendy have written 18 books together over the years and uh, have had a phenomenal, phenomenal influence around the church global, but also for us personally, yeah. uh, into our individual lives, into our life changes church We've story. even had the privilege of traveling to the oh. UK. Being Good in the times. home of Mr. and Mrs. Virgo, yeah. uh, having some uh, scones and cotton cream, maybe. I don't know where we went <laughs> for coffee. I can't remember, but I'm sure it was good. It was really, really good. And Terry, what a privilege to be able to sit and chat with you for a little bit. Um, and Terry, maybe just we can just jump in right there. This is the year 2022. Yeah. A lot has happened. We've just been on the back of two years of COVID um, and uh, just unprecedented times. The phrase that we seem to say a million times over the last two years. Maybe you could just help us. How have you stayed fresh in these last two years? Every time we see you, you're still fresh. You're still in love with Jesus. You've still got new content, a fresh revelation of Scripture. Yeah, Maybe it's a great amazing. place to start. It's just how have you managed to keep your heart fresh in a time where the world has gone stale? Well, thanks. It's great to be with you guys again. I love being here. I've so appreciated the church, and it's a, a, a sheer joy to be here. Yeah, I think... I always feel a key verse. People say, do you have a key verse? I mean, the whole Bible is a good thing to look at. Uh, there's one that says, keep yourself in the love of God. And that yeah. has seen something that I've felt very important. So I think it's not like, do you have to climb Mount Everest to get in the love of God? I think it's more like walking down the road and the sun is shining. And it's on one side of the road and it's a shadow on the other. So keep, keep yourself in the sunshine. Keep yourself in the love of God. So although I believe in grace, and grace is a big theme with us, that you don't uh, have to earn uh, anything before God. Jesus has done all that for us. Uh, he's qualified us. He's justified us. So we don't have to do stuff uh, to impress God. Jesus has done that for us. But I find discipline helpful. So I keep myself in the love of God. I make time to worship Him, to enjoy Him, sing to Him, read His Word, uh, not to gain merit, but to uh, enjoy fellowship with Him. Maybe just to comment on that, I've had the privilege of being in meetings in the UK and in the Middle East and in Cape Town and South Africa, Pretoria with you. And just to commend you and, and, and Wendy, you always worship Jesus yeah. with passion. Every time we start singing together, the hands are up. There. And I want to thank you and honor you for that because I just see too many church leaders, I don't know, getting focused on other things, checking other things. And I've never, I've always watched. It's something I've always watched, like my friends, Mr. Dyer and others. And you guys have always been passionate worshipers of Jesus, modeling that for us. And I found it strange once when I was in the, uh, the U.S., and I was a speaker at a conference. And all the speakers were upstairs yeah. and waiting to be called when it was time to preach. Yeah. And I, I thought, well, what's going on? I want to be in the worship. Wow. And uh, I, I just said, excuse me, I'm going down to the worship. They said, well, we don't need you yet. Sure. I said, I want to be in the worship. So I just walked out and went down and enjoyed the worship. As long as you got some snacks from the green room, Terry, <laughs> on the way down. That's important. But maybe that's a great question, Terry. Just worship you've seen so many trends around in the last you've told us that you've been uh, ministering for the last better part of the last six decades you've seen so many trends in the church and maybe just comments for us i, I know a passion for you is to actually 
praising the person of Jesus in, in worship. Maybe tell us what you've seen around the world, some of the dangers maybe that you've become aware of, and maybe what you, if you had a, a moment to call the church worldwide to a posture of worship, what would that be in this day and age? I think that the verse that comes immediately to mind when Jesus said, God is seeking those who will worship him in yeah. spirit and in truth. And to me, that is an absolute vital combination. So we're looking for the help of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to engage with us, to open our eyes to see God, but also truth. And so that if we're singing songs that have very little truth in them, it turns me off. I think, I want to I sing some truth. And when we first started the new churches we were involved with, we had some great guys in our, our ranks who just took Scripture and set it to music. And so many of our people, read, they kind of learned Ephesians from the songs that Dave wrote. And uh, I still sing them in my own devotional time. You're just singing truth. That in Christ alone. Well, that Stuart was from our Stuart, church. Yes, yeah. Stuart, uh, but we baptized Stuart when he was a teenager. No way. He's been with us all through. We've sung and, that song a few times. Oh, yeah. Through the decades, yeah. Well, he would say he learned his theology from us. And, right. the, and so the, the thing, and he's also a wordsmith. He wrote a beautiful song on the cross. And, there was, and it, we sang it at a leader's retreat. He said, new song, how'd you like the song? And I, I just mentioned one line to him. I said, I wonder about that line. And he opened a book and he said, uh, the history of four alternative phrases for that line. Wow. I said, what? He said, oh. I, I realized that he works hard at wow. uh, getting, it, getting it right. But we also had a guy called Paul Oakley yeah. who wrote some wonderful worship songs. And uh, he told me that once... He was uh, just in town, and someone said, Hi, Paul, uh, are you leading worship tomorrow? And he said, As it happens, I am. He said, Oh, great, I love it when you lead. And he, that really untru that troubled him. He thought, It's not about whether I lead or not. And he said, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't settle for it. And he's a very sensitive guy, and he wanted to phone people, say, Can we rearrange who leads worship tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, that's how silly he got about it. But in the end, his wife had gone to bed. He's wandering around the house. And he said, I was in the kitchen, and he said, God gave him that song. It's all about you, Jesus, not about me, as if you should do things my way. He said, it just, God just dropped it, the whole right. thing. Melody, words, the whole deal. And he taught it the next day. So you've got, you've got Stuart, who's kind of carefully wow. writing wordsmith, like Graham Kendrick used to be a real wordsmith. And then Paul just said, he just came down out of heaven. I just sang it. And uh, so different guys get their inspiration in different ways. But to me, does it stir my spirit? And is it truth? And oh, so, good. you know, Martin Luther, he taught the people truth by writing great hymns. And then Wesley wrote, and of course, yeah. many people were not literate. They couldn't read anyway. So you learned in the songs you sang. And when you sing together, you're celebrating this truth. It's not just truth on the yeah. page, it's truth in your heart and it's truth together. So worship is absolutely fundamental. So let's jump in there. You said the word together twice in that statement. So it's a good segue. We, the, the world has changed. Most people have been online and, and online is the big language of much of church. And um, there's been change. Now, not all but change is bad. Uh, we have loved the ability to reach and preach yeah. into nations. We would never have got to and see the gospel reach further than in many ways we could have. But there also are changes that have effects on the church and not all positive. And um, one of the challenges has been now the church can be scattered but doesn't gather. 
and, and gather in moments. And, and I loved your other day you were speaking about Ezra, this, this story of this challenge of these people coming back. They're, they're coming back to the land. There's a call to them. And in verse 3 of chapter 1, there's this. It just speaks about his people in capital H, his people. And, and it seemed like there was much more yeah. depth to the statement. You just threw it out with a few. But I realize that has been mine. There's massive revelation and conviction yeah. about the people of God being a people together. Maybe if you would challenge us, speak into that a little bit, it'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think that, 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 that phrase first comes in the, in the book of Exodus, where, yeah. he, where he calls them out, and he said, his people, they're yeah. his people. And that recurs right through the Bible. He, he, God loves his people. He has a people that are special to him. And even in John 17, when Jesus prayed, he said, I'm not praying for the world. I pray for these you've given me and for those who will believe yeah. through their testimony. So he's very focused on the people that he wants for himself. But they are meant to be together. And so you do see in early Acts, that word together keeps on coming. In Acts 2, 3, 4, they were together. They were yeah. together. Yeah. And it's almost like they, their life, their, 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 uh, I don't know, their address was together. And then each day they would go out into the world. Well, as for us, people live in the world and sometimes come to church. And through the COVID thing, it, we've had to go online. Yeah. To, but it, it really is second best because we're meant to be together. And uh, I was struck years ago when I read there are 40 one another verses yeah. in the New Testament. Wow. And that's one of the reasons we began to do a new kind of church because we want to see where every member is functioning. So pray for one another, encourage one another, confess your faults to one another. All this one another, we're meant to be building one another up. Yes. So when you're not together, you can't do that. So the one anothering is not happening. And you can't reach maturity alone. You need other yeah. people. No, it's, a, it's amazing. I mean, maybe to push that idea a little bit more, what do you think? Because I think... Um, Rick Warren put it in the language of being a believer and stopping there versus being a believer who belongs yes. and pulled into a story where you belong. And I'm not talking just name on the roster of a local church. More than that, a, a full immersion into Jesus' body, his expression on this earth. And, and what is your passion? What would you encourage someone who's saying, I, I'm satisfied with online. Actually, it's meeting my needs as a believer. If you were to speak to that person today in the most gracious way, as you always do. <laughs> How would you encourage them to the more of what they are missing out and what others are missing out with them not? Well, I think it's out. a reflection of the modern culture, yeah. the consumer culture. And uh, uh, in the UK, and I guess it might be true here, people more and more are at home ordering their stuff to be yeah. brought to their home. Yeah. And that, that reflection, I'm staying at home, someone can bring it to me. I won't go to the shop. And so not mixing even... In this the is the pub in England, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> not even in the supermarket. And yeah. so they're not gathering. And so people are imposing that onto Christianity. Yeah. When we're meant to be together, we're meant to uh, enjoy the fellowship that we should be experiencing. So we're kind of just taking what we want to ourselves instead of... In the early church, the very first time there's a breakthrough on the dead Pentecost, it doesn't say 3,000 were saved. It says 3,000 were added. Wow. Yeah. That is the word for conversion. They Beautiful. were added. Beautiful. The, they, they joined the community because there's a people. God wants a people that are recognizably different. Mm. 
Yeah. And, and, and to be honest, they're the light of the world. They're a contrast. They're a city set on a hill. So all this language about a body, a temple, a city, it all speaks of corporateness, yes. uh, realizing we're in this together. And the tougher it gets, and it is getting tough, the more we need one another. Yeah. And not mere formality, but the more integrated we can become, the more we are free to share our vulnerability, the more we can become real friends and really stand together, praying for one another and getting what God always intended, the yeah. resources that we share together. Yeah.